All right, good morning. I'm Derek, one of the other pastors here, and uh, I want to echo what Ben said at the beginning. Um, We, when we do church, when we do this, we don't just do this because it's a good thing to do or or it's what religious people do. We do this because God tells us to. Uh, He says in Scripture, don't forsake the gathering. We're supposed to get together, and something unique happens when we worship together, when we sing these songs, when, when we open up our hearts together, and so... I'm going to ask you to expect God to speak to you, Uh, and it may be different for each of us. You know, maybe he's going to just comfort you. Maybe he wants to convict you of something. Maybe he wants you to just feel joy. Uh, Maybe he wants you to spend some time in prayer just thanking him. Whatever it is, God might want to do something with you today, because when we gather, again, we gather because God gathers with us, and there's something unique when we gather together to worship him, and that's what we're here to do. Uh, As Ben said, we're here to, to worship. It's for his glory that we're here. Let me pray. Lord, uh, I do thank you that you love us so much um, that you are willing to meet with us, that you've given us the Holy Spirit, that Jesus, your sacrifice uh, makes it possible for us to be right with the Father because of what you've done. And God, we we need you. Uh, Teach us to abide, God. Take us from wherever we are to where you want us to be, God, and give us the peace and the joy that only comes from a relationship with you. In your name, amen. So how are you today? <laughs> no, really. How, how are you? I, I know we, we, we get fine, <laughs> right? That's part of how we ask the question. We say, how are you? Um, and it's just part of saying hi. Have you ever had it where, where somebody asks you, how are you? And you say, fine, right? And then they, they kind of grab you and they're like, no, really. And you just break down bawling. Right? Or you get emotional. Have you ever had that happen? Because of whatever's happening in life, what's up with that? <laughs> There's something unique about when somebody shows genuine interest in how we are. Maybe things are great and it's still like, oh, you love me. Or, or maybe there's something going on. There's something that happens when somebody asks that question, how are you, and really wants the answer. You know, why is it that God made us this way? I don't know, but he made us to be in relationship with one another. You remember in Genesis, when uh, God is creating, and he creates this, and he calls it good, and he creates that, and he calls it good. There's one time before the fall where he says something isn't good, and it was when man was alone. He looked at man, and he said, it's not good for man to be alone, and so he created a wife for him. Well, there's something about that. God didn't make us to be alone. So let me ask this one more time, though. How are you? One to f- ten. One to ten. If you were going to you know, mark it down, one to ten, and Why? You know, I meet with the staff once a month on a one-on-one basis, and this is one of the questions we get to ask. How are you? One to ten. And then, you know, it causes a a question in the head. You know, Ben's not very good at it. I asked him this, and he's like, I don't like that. I'm like, well, answer it anyway. (laughs) But it's, it's helpful, right, to get an idea. How are we really? Open up the Bible, if you would, to the book of James. Open to page 1,116 in the Bible in front of you, James chapter 5. Because today, I want to ask this question, right? We started last week looking at the idea of of mental health a little bit. That's kind of our our application. What do we do when we're depressed uh, or, or anxious, fearful, angry, all those things? And last week, we really focused on, it comes down to God's sovereignty, that when we're struggling mentally, one, recognize a lot of times it's just part of being a normal human. 
but we take that to God, that God is big enough. That was our big thing last week. God is big enough. He sees all things. He has power over all things. So either he causes or allows everything to happen. And so we can trust him with whatever that is. Well, this week, I want to ask this question. What do you do when it feels like your faith isn't working? Right? You come last week, and you hear that, and you're like, that's not helpful. <laughs> right? I've struggled all week. I want to put that in my head. What do you do when you feel like you're just done? Right? You're just toast. Maybe you've had that. You wake up, and you're like, I don't even want to get out of bed. I just don't have the spiritual energy. I can't go to God. It's not good. What do you do when your faith isn't working? Well, James is Jesus' half-brother, and I love the book of James. It's interesting. Uh, growing up, I don't remember much about the book of James. I found it later in life, it seems like. Um, and I read the book of James, and I'm like, man, I love this guy. This guy's like right at you. And the book of James is all about your faith should work. Meaning, if you truly believe in Jesus, it should carry out in your life, right? It should work. But also, he has a point, your faith should work for you. It's not just religion. It's not just duty. Your faith should work for you. And I think today... He's answering that question, what do you do when you feel like your faith isn't working? Look at James, chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Now let's just stop there real quick. There's a lot more to come, but just right there. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. What's he saying there? There's going to be times of suffering. There's going to be times of joy. I think it's kind of simple how he starts it out. Expect the ups and downs of life, right? There's times where things are great, but they're not always great. Last week, I confessed some of my wrong thinking when it comes to depression and some of those things of that a, a Christian really walking in faith will never experience down times. They'll never experience, a di- they'll never experience any of that. And that's not true. Or the other side, we should expect things to always be perfect. Well, that's kind of a worldly lie, right? You, you don't feel perfect all the time? Well, you need to get on some meds, so you do. Now, again, sometimes meds are helpful to, to get the mind right, but some of these ups and downs are normal, and what do we do here? Again, James goes to where we were last week. What do you do when you're suffering? Pray. Take it straight to God. Why? Because he's big enough, he's strong enough, he knows what's happening, he loves us. But also, is anyone cheerful? Right? When things are good, what do you do? Pray. It's kind of natural to pray when we're down, but do you ever pray when your things are just good? You ever have that overwhelming sense? Not as often, but that's what we're called to do, pray. Expect the ups and downs of life and take them both to God. Because part of being a human is there are ups and downs. You know, I love that in scripture, uh, we don't get examples of perfect people. Right? You, you know, maybe you get that idea if you haven't read scripture much. Oh, everybody in there is just religious and perfect and, and everything's right. As you read through, you're like, wow, these people were kind of messed up. And even when things went really well, next they would have this downtime, Elijah. Uh, this past summer, Paul preached a sermon on Elijah, which was a lot of fun. It was about talking trash, right? When uh, Elijah has this great showdown with the prophets of Baal, a false god, not a real god, um, and, and whoops up on him, right? And he's talking trash to him. Right after that, this great victory, Elijah goes away, and uh, Jezebel, this, this evil queen, is trying to get him. And he's running, and he hides in a cave, and in the cave, he says, God, kill me. He's all depressed, right? This great high event, and then this great low event, King David, called a man after God's own heart. He had a great failing, right? Great sin in his life. And in that, he's, he's torn up, and he says, when I kept quiet about my sin, 
My body wasted away with groaning. You read through Psalms and there's highs, there's lows, right? And you can just go through scripture and you see over and over these great godly people struggling. Jonah, right? Remember, Jonah was a great prophet. God told him to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. Finally, he goes, uh, you know, great story there. The whole city is saved. And he says, now God, kill me, right? He's all depressed about that. So anyway, ups and downs, normal. But when suffering hits, our first response is prayer because we know God loves us and has all the power to do what is best. Again, that goes back to last week. But what do we do when we don't really have the energy? Look at the next verse, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Let's look at one word real quick, sick. What does that mean, right? Is anyone among you sick? And there's a lot of commentaries and debates, but that word sick means weak. So it can mean actually physically sick, but it can also mean spiritually sick, mentally sick. It can mean weak. It's that point where you're just, I just don't have the energy. I don't have it. What do you do when you are weak? You know, this, uh, this world that we're living in right now, mental illness is kind of a big thing people are talking about, and, and, and we're mentally sick. And I, again, I told you last week, I did a lot of reading and talking and preparing for this. A lot of those mental illnesses aren't technically illnesses. You know, they're just normal part of life. They're not something that you can diagnose and put a thing. Some absolutely are, but, but a lot aren't. And so we get thinking of this, this idea of illness maybe incorrectly. And I think it's helpful here to look at this idea of, of sick, right? And he's going to go to a spiritual source and cause and all this here between our brains and our minds, right? Our brain is physical, right? It's in our body. Our mind is spiritual, yet you can't separate them right? They're totally connected. And I think it's helpful for us to get an idea of that, that when we have spiritual issues, it affects our body. When we have body issues, it can affect our mind. And so here, when he's talking about sick, I think it can be both mentally sick off, but also spiritually, right? Or physically sick. But when we think about, this kind of struck me this morning, I was praying through this. When we think about this mental illness stuff, I think a lot of times we think of that as we think of maybe cancer or something like that, where you're diagnosed and it's, that's it, right? You're just, you are whatever this is. Rather than thinking of it more of like, like a cold, right? We get a cold and then we take some medicine, right? We get through it. I think it's helpful when we realize this is real. We, we can really experience mental distress, but there is hope that we can work through it and there can be healing. And we see that here. What do we do when we are sick, when we are weak emotionally, spiritually, what do we do? We take it to somebody. We take it to somebody. If you're struggling mentally, refuse to be a victim and take responsibility to get help. This is one of those huge things, I think, for us, right? Victim mentality, this happened to me in my past, and, and it, whatever it was, it did. It was probably horrible, but we are responsible for how we respond. I mean, I had this interaction with Kayla, our daughter out there. She was greeting, and I threw a snowball at her, and she threw a snowball back, and I got on her for it. She's like, you started it. I said, no, you don't control what I do. You just control how you respond, right? But that's, that's life, right? A good little object lesson. We can't control the things that happen to us. 
but we can take responsibility for how we respond. And here, this isn't the pressure to respond rightly. Here, this is saying take responsibility to get help. Take responsibility to go to somebody. But who? Who do you go to? He says here to go to the elders of the church. Why? Spiritually mature people. That's the point. You're supposed to go. It, it, this doesn't mean it has to be just the elders of the church, right? But it is the spiritually mature. You don't go to social media, right? How often when we're struggling mentally do we just get in? I, why, I don't know why we do that. We had this test, uh, this lab test over the past few years with COVID of, of people in isolation. And for some reason, it is proven, it is shown, it's not good for us to be alone. I, I think, uh, what was it, from 20, 2019 to 2020, uh, suicide attempts in teen girls went up 50%. And all these other studies just show it's true, we, we aren't supposed to be alone, but yet, a lot of times when we struggle, we retreat. And I don't know why we do that. Is it because we believe lies, like that I'm the only one that deals with this, or that I'm, I'm uniquely messed up, I'm disgusting, they won't accept, they'll reject me if they know this. These are lies. These are absolutely lies from the devil to, to keep us in here. He says, go get help. But again, who do we get help from? Spiritually mature. Don't go online and, and you know, Dr. Phil or whatever, right? Oprah's not the answer. The other person struggling with the same thing, you can maybe be comrades, you know, that can be good to go to get. But that's probably not the best person to help you through that either. You go to somebody spiritually mature who can do what? Who can pray for you. Somebody who will hear, right, with a heart belonging to God, hear and show you grace and compassion. Why does therapy often work? Because you sit down and you share your soul with somebody and you get grace and compassion back. That is huge. That is so healing. But let me challenge this. Why do we have to pay somebody for that? I think Christian therapists are amazing and we need a lot more. So if you're wondering, you know, you're young, what should I do when I grow up? We need more Christian therapists. Um, but we could also be that for one another. Why is it that we're made this way? I don't know, but God made us this way. So take your mental struggles to spiritually mature people who can pray for you and walk through life with you. That's the instruction here. What do we do when we're down and out? We don't have the strength? Stop trying to do it on your own and go to somebody. Whose faith brings the healing? Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Whose prayer of faith? The other person's. God will use somebody else's strong faith to help you lift you up. That is awesome. That is just beautiful how God will use us. Maybe you're the person that needs to go to somebody else and say, how are you? And be that person. Be the one that they can come to. The prayer, Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's a theme there and here, and the theme is sin causing these issues. Now, are our mental struggles always a cause of sin? No. Are they mostly? Probably, right? I, I mean, we live in a sinful world. Our bodies are still in what we still struggle with sin. So sin is often the cause of these issues. And maybe that's why we want to keep it in, 
right? We don't want others to think less of us. But here, we are called to bear one another's burdens. I mean, that's like carry a load. The result of sin in a person's life is a load that they're not told to carry by themselves. Others can carry that load. That is beautiful. That is amazing. We are supposed to give it to one another. That takes humility, doesn't it? To go and ask for help. I mean, I think in my own life this morning, again, as I was praying over this, I was thinking, what are some examples in my life? It's like, oh, man, the times when I really needed it, I had to go to somebody. I, you know, it wasn't obvious in my life, whatever, but I remember times of temptation, times of sin, and my first response, I mean, my first response, not, no, but it should have been my first, my second response was to call somebody, right? I remember as an 18-year-old, I remember calling my youth pastor and saying, I, I need help now. You know, it was just one of those, like, in tears, I... Him coming, his strength, him praying, lifted me up, right? Brought healing. Other times in my life where I didn't know what to do, I didn't know where to go, whatever it is, and I reached out to somebody spiritually mature and asked for help. Rarely do other people see that. Maybe in family you see it, but we have to ask for help. And here's the other thing I think we need to know. A lot of times, right, don't we want to just get over it? Whatever it is, right? We just want the pill. We want the McDonald's solution. Right? You go through the drive-thru, I want that, you come, you know, pay, it's so quick. It takes time, doesn't it? Often it takes time to heal. Often we want to get over the suffering when God wants to bring us through the suffering. And we can go all over in scripture, but I don't want to jump all around. But the idea that we suffer at times so that God can use us for others. And going through that creates character creates faith, all these things that God wants to do in us. But again, what's the point we see in James? He doesn't want us to do it alone. So, so how are you? Isn't that question from somebody who really cares, kind of like vitamin C when, uh, when you have a cold? I don't know if that even works, but isn't it healing? Look at verse 16. Therefore, all right, whenever you see the word therefore, it's referring to before. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Therefore, because this is true, be quick to confess. Confess, are you struggling? And is it something you've kept secret? You don't have to keep it a secret anymore. You can share it with somebody, and in that, God will bring the healing. Again, it's not the person, it's God, but the person going to God together. You go, you confess. Remember, 1 John, we've been looking at that, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus died on that cross, not so we could go behave. He died on that cross for our sins so that we can, can give the guilt up. It doesn't mean we are sinless, but it, we can go, we can receive forgiveness. Done. Is the lie that you think, whatever this is, I can't be forgiven. It's too bad. Or I knew Jesus when I did it, so therefore I, he's not going to forgive me. That's a lie from the devil. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. All sins, every single one, past, pre whatever it is, you can be forgiven. And healing comes when you share that with somebody else. Again, God wants us to share with one another. The prayers of the faithful person living an abiding life in Jesus are effective. That's what he's saying here. They actually work. Now, maybe you're like me and you've wrestled with this idea. Okay, God is completely sovereign, like last week. He's in control of all things, so why should we pray? 
right? He's going to do what he's going to do. He's God. I don't get it. Uh, there's some of those things, honestly, I just don't fully understand. And this is one I don't fully understand why God listens to our prayers, but he does. God loves us. He wants a relationship with us, and he hears our prayers. And if you don't believe me, here's an example. Look at verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. The, uh, the story I referred to with Elijah and his confrontation with the prophets of Baal, that's at the end of this three and a half years. Elijah was praying, and this was in line with God's will, for God's glory. He prayed that it wouldn't rain. For three and a half years, it didn't rain. Why? Because a godly man prayed that it wouldn't. Again, this was for, for God's purposes, for God's glory. And then at the end, he prayed, and it did rain. But here's what we don't see. Uh, in 1 Kings is where you'll see the story, 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18, if you want to read it later. But in that, when Elijah goes to pray that it will rain, he prays, and then he sends his, his servant, this guy with him. He's like, uh, go check and see if it's raining. And the guy runs out, and he like, looks, and sky's, he comes back. He's like, it's not raining. <laughs> in fact, the skies are clear. He prays again. He says, now go check. He runs out. He's like, ooh, one little cloud way out there. And then comes back. There's, like, there's one little cloud. He's like, all right, I'll pray again. He runs out, checks. It's raining now. It took prayer on top of prayer. It didn't just happen like this. And I think that's, again, another reiteration of that idea. It takes time. We see this in Luke 18, 1 through 8. Um, it's not going to be on the screen, so you can turn there or I'll just read it to you. But Luke chapter 18, this is Jesus speaking a parable. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and to not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Right? So he tells this story. It's not a true story, but that's what a parable is to make a point. And the point was this judge who wasn't a godly man, you bug him enough and he's going to give you what you want. That was his whole point. Bug God enough. Not to get what you want, but to get what's best, to get what he wants to give you. That's how this parable begins, right? He told them a parable so that they would always pray and not lose heart. Always pray and not lose heart. The point is we go to him. It's important to be persistent in our prayers and that they are aligned with God's will, right? We don't just pray for whatever we want, but we're praying, again, in line with God's will and consistent. Now back to James, or persistent, Back to James, look at verse 19. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from the wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Again, this is all one section. This is all talking about the same idea. What is this talking about? My brothers, if anyone among you wanders, the, the person, the brother, the person in the church, the person in your group, uh, the family member starts wandering away from God, you go get them. That's what it's talking about. Again, with grace and love, 
you go and you grab it, you pull him back. And who might be saved because of it? That person, right? It covers a multitude of sins. Whose sins? That person's sins, right? If you're in Christ, your sins are forgiven. The whole point of this right here is that we are responsible for one another, right? To go get, to bring back, to pray. God's plan is to use us to encourage, confront, restore, and help those who are struggling. So how are you? And does anybody know how you are? And again, we, could, we can blame everybody else. Nobody knows. Nobody asks me. But what's the point here? Then you need to go to somebody. You need to go. What, what are the lies keeping you? Right now, you've got something in your mind, probably, and there's lies coming in why you're not going to share it. Why not? What are those lies? You're alone? No, you're not. You're the only one that deals with it? No, you're not. You're uniquely disgusting? No, you're not. No, you're not. You will be surprised when you go and you share to get grace and mercy. God works through his people, rarely around them. That's just the truth of the Christian life. God works through his people. And so God wants to use us for each other. Now, we told you at the beginning we thought God might speak to you. Uh, he might have some next steps. And so in your bulletin, there are some next steps. Um, if you want to use the connect card, right, the scan, the thingy, the jobber, you can do that too. And in there, you can fill out next steps. Our next steps today here, the, the unique ones, there's three. One, call my closest Christian friend. Maybe that's a step for you today. Maybe that person is local. Maybe they're not. You need to just call that person, just talk. Maybe, maybe that person needs you for some reason. I, call. Here's another thing you could do. Stay for table groups. Right? If you're not, not going to go to a group this week, you don't have a group you're, you're in, stay for table groups. There's a table for kids. You can stay. You can talk. You can start to build these connections. Or three, ask a spiritually mature person to pray for me. Again, these are the next steps. And I would encourage you to actually fill this out and mark it. There's, isn't there something about that? I'm making a commitment. It might be just for you. You might want some prayer for that. And if so, put that on there and put this in the box. We'll pray for your next step, whatever that is. And we're going to give you an opportunity right now to take one of those steps. Uh, we're going to have a special song. Uh, Callie and Lisa are going to come up and sing this. And, and during this song, let me encourage you, just sit down, stay there, and pray. Ask God to speak to you. And we are going to have prayer responders in each corner, right? There's going to be prayer responders here, there, and there. And during this song, you can go to any of them. These are spiritually mature people. They're not going to tell anybody else what they hear, but they're going to listen to you. They're going to pray for you. you. You may confess. You may ask for prayer for whatever it is, but this is the application of what we said here. Who do we go to? Somebody spiritually mature to pray for us. Nobody's going to be looking at you, judging you, but these prayer responders are going to be available. So during this song, stay seated, pray, pray for somebody else, and if God leads you, and I hope he does, go to one of our prayer responders and get some prayer. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, uh, I thank you so much for your people. God, I thank you that we don't have to do this alone. You don't expect us to do it alone. And a lot of our struggles come because we stay isolated. God, I ask right now for you, Holy Spirit, to move in our hearts. God, I know you love us. And I know there's some of us in here that need some help today. And right now is the time for us to ask for that help. And it begins with prayer. God, I pray that we would, we would respond to you. Maybe it's to go to a prayer wall. 
and just write the prayer down and put it in there so that somebody will pray for us. And maybe it's going to these prayer responders right now. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. God, you love us so much and we know you do. You love us so much. You don't want to leave us in our pain. You want us to bring, it, bring us through it, again, for a purpose. But you want, us to bring, you want to bring us to a point we know of, of peace and of joy despite circumstances. So God, do what you would do for us today in your name. Amen.